Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to episode 24 of the Million Pound Biller podcast. The sun remains out here in the UK, and whilst it may not stay that way for long, it's on these type of sunny days that I truly enjoy being back in the UK. I'm also enjoying the flexibility that it's brought by working from home and working smartly to be able to enjoy the sun. I also see the benefit in mobile working. I can be anywhere and I can still be on hand for my clients, staff and contractors. I'm often on calls on a weekend, and equally I'm often found on my phone doing emails or calls when I've popped out for a walk around the river near my home. There is something to be said for doing calls from a bent by the river. No matter how the call goes, you're still filled with a great view and a love of life just from that view. Many has been the time over the last few months that I've made a tough call from the side of the river or even by the sea in one or two cases. And I'm sure if those calls had been made from my office, the after effects on me personally would have been far greater than they were stood in a lovely place with a great view. There was also the side benefit of the exercise walk to get back to my office afterwards. That allowed me to cool down and get my thoughts in order. My suggestion is perhaps to try it this week. If you have a tough call to make, why not find a nice place to go and make it? That could be the back of your garden, or as in my case, a local beauty spot. But wherever it is, try it and see what effect it has on the call, both whilst making it and immediately afterwards. You could be surprised. And so on to topic one for this week, the idea of skill stacking. I was listening to a great podcast this week in which Matthew Syed and Stephen Bartlett discussed the idea of skill stacking. It was a concept that I wasn't aware of, at least not as a concept. But when I listened to the description, I recognised a lot of my success factors in what they described. The basic overview is that in business, there is no great benefit to being the best a single solitary item. There is such a benefit in such a game of chess, where there is a binary set of parameters. You're either great at chess or you're not. And if you're the best at chess, then you're the best in the world. However, in business or recruitment, There are so many different facets to the role. Trying to be the best in one specific area will not bring you long-term sustainable success. If, for example, you're the number one in your company, or perhaps even in a whole sector, or even in this whole country, at cold calling, if you could call call anyone, anytime, and sell ice to Eskimos, as they say, that's a great skill to have. But if you then can't source candidates or deal with a client after that initial sales call, or indeed send over good CVs that meet the brief, then your single skill will not lead to a successful business. It's better to be good or very good, but not necessarily the best in many different areas and stack them together. When I look at my skills, for example, I'm very good at selling to clients, 
but I have weakness in cold calling because I don't really think it works that well. I have very good skills at building up relationships with clients. I know how to run a business and what the relevant issues are when running a company. I'm well-versed in finance and debt collection, and I have a strong knowledge of my market and the needs issues within it. Now, I would not say I'm the best I've ever met in any of these areas. I know many people in recruitment are better than me in some of these areas, but I don't know many who are better than me overall. I.e., when you rank the skills needed to run a recruitment firm, a recruitment desk, and to reach a million pounds in billings, there aren't many who can compete with my personal skill stack. To that, I can also add a diverse areas that stand me out even more. I've run my own company and lost it, which gives me a real insight into the issues of cash flow and how those affect the business. I've worked internationally and run teams in five different countries at the same time. I've set up companies in Asia, the US or the UK, and a number of other bespoke things that add to my skill stack and set me apart further from the rest of the recruitment sector. Now, this is my stack. I'm sure yours will be different. And there are many areas of weaknesses in my skills that are real positive areas for you. The key with any skill stack is just that, stacking them together. For example, being able to open a company via a cold call, sourcing and then selecting the best CVs from your market knowledge, presenting them well and ensuring all invoices go out correctly and are paid on time. Then using your networking and client management skills to embed yourself into the company and become their recruitment partner of choice. That is a skill stack that will be an envy of many in recruitment. But again, you don't have to be the best in all of those sections, just in the top one, two, three, four, perhaps, in each area. Sure, as we've discussed before, you can bring in outsourced services or other people to cover some of your weaker areas. But to be truly successful in recruitment, the best method is to understand your own personal skill stack and look at areas of possible weaknesses. As I said before, one such area of me for me was networking at events. I was poor at it, but I needed to get better to match others in my new market in the United Arab Emirates. I was happy with my wider skill stack would then make me a better partner for those clients I opened up. But the point was I needed to add to my stack to get there. I identified the issues, worked on it, and then my wider skills take me ahead again of the competition. Think of it like a decathlon in athletics. Those of you who of an age will remember Daley Thompson. Those of you who are perhaps younger, you can look him up. He was unbeatable in the decathlon for a number of years. He wasn't the best in any one specific event, but he was in the top two or three in each one. And he was also in the top one or two in things like work ethic and a number of other factors that weren't directly related to the events, but added up to make him the world's best. So the takeaway here is to look at your own set of skills, see what makes you successful, and then compare yourself with the leaders in your business or other leaders in the sector, industry, or wider business, or even sports who you admire. What do they do that you don't? What parts of their stack set them apart from you? You may be surprised, and there are lots of things that you can address. As I've said, you aren't looking to become the best in these new skills. The key is to become at least as good, if not better, than those around you, and then let other skills in your stack take you ahead again. And so on to topic two for this week. And it builds on the ideas of your skills, but it's much more to do with how you look at those skills and your place in the world. The idea is a fixed versus a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is the concept that talents are fixed and can't be improved, that talents are based on innate gifts or skills that you're born with, this can manifest itself in two ways, one of which I've fallen foul of in the past. The first way is that you simply think that others are better than you at something. You don't have the right skills to get to where you want to get to. You might not be the most outgoing person. You feel that those who are have a successful, innate gift to be at peace in groups and with individuals, that those people can simply do it and that you'll never, ever be able to do it because you weren't born that way. The other side of that coin is the area I've fallen foul into. You trust your skills too much. You feel that you have the abilities and can simply show up and it will work. 
I was always a very capable student. I could and did coast through many of my lessons at school. And in most cases, the work I was being taught went in and was retained easily. I got into a false sense of security and it was a fixed mindset. I assumed my talents would simply take me through without much need to work at it. My predicted grades were all good. And when it came to the exams, I hadn't done the work. My talent wasn't enough to bring me through. I did okay, but nowhere near my real levels would probably and should have taken me to. I'd got into a fixed mindset in regards to my academic ability and then not unsurprisingly let me down. We see the same in many other walks of life, from the star footballer who makes the way into the top team squad, only then to fall away and end up out of the game altogether by the time they're 23 or 25. Or the business person who opens up a new client, builds up the business, but then loses the account when the company pulls into an RPO or some other model and removes all options for that agency to work with that company. They fell into a fixed mindset. So what is the alternative? It's having a growth mindset. Being aware that to keep growing, you have to keep improving and keep working at the talents you already have. Also to understand that those talents that you cover in others are within your reach. That you aren't naturally born with certain talents and that it's impossible to get there if you're anybody else. To get there, it just takes hard work, commitment to the cause, and you can reach those talented positions. Taking it back again to my school days, I finally learned the issue during my time at university. For some time, I had the same mentality as I did at school, even at university. Again, it came easy to me, so I was sure I'd fly through. And for some of it, it did. But then it clicked. If I really wanted to make the grades I expected to get, I had to combine my talent with hard work and application and be willing to admit that the talent I had didn't come from some innate ability. It came from my work I'd done in the past. Perhaps that work was when I was eight, nine or ten, when I couldn't remember, when I was more open to the idea of growing and less aware of my own skills. I'd had teachers and other people in my life at that point who'd helped me to get those skills. And then later on, I just assumed that they were innate, when in fact, they were a product of hard work and effort put in earlier in my life, just like my work at university had to be. That was a huge change for me that moved me to a growth mindset, although I didn't know that was what it was at the time. But it meant that I could now start to build on the skills I already had. I took in information quickly, which was now a skill that I could use to add other skills to it. I could add information sources and reading around issues. That way, my skills would expand and my knowledge become more rounded. And in turn, I would be better than the competition or I would be able to hit the marks I was looking for. I continue to build on this today, looking for more experience and knowledge to add to my skills and working on the skills I already have to ensure that I never fall back into that fixed mindset position. Now, I'd love to say that it's easy as that. But to be frank, there are days and weeks when I fall back into the old habits, when I start to assume the fixed mindset view of life, that the work I've already done is enough and I can coast from here And sure, there are times when you can do that. It's like riding a bike. There will be times in life and in business where you can take your feet off the pedals. And because you're going downhill, in inverted commas, you'll be able to pick up speed. The key, though, is recognising that the end of such a hill is a flat, or dare I even say it, a bigger hill. And the easiest way to get up those hills or over that flat is to carry as much speed into the bottom of the hill as possible. So to stretch the analogy a little further, it's easier to pedal quicker and pick up speed when you're on the easy bit than it is to suddenly start again when you hit the hills. So to point out, keep working, applying that growth mindset. I can confirm it won't be easy, but the benefits in the long run are amazing. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. We have a new interview next week with a top billing headhunter from Canada who's run over a thousand headhunt searches and billed well over a million pounds on many occasions. He also has a range of books and articles that you can directly learn from. I had a great time chatting with him and learning some of the tricks of his business success, and I hope you enjoy it too. 
that interview will be out next Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss it. As always, if you can like and add a comment wherever you get your podcasts, it really helps the pod to find other people who will benefit from the stuff we're producing. Finally, our Facebook group is now live. Just search for us under groups, and I'll put a link in the description below. There'll be more and more content and other information on there over the coming months and weeks. The group will be set up, unlike many other recruitment groups on Facebook, as a purely information source. There will be no commercial types or sales allowed. I'm not going to put it as part of the group. It will remain, as is this podcast, a source of information, a place to share, and a place to help others with the journey. So I hope you get along and check that out over the course of the next week or so. And of course, continue to interact with me on social media. Once again, I'm at Million Pound Builder, wherever you do that. And then until next week, enjoy the journey.